everyone, and welcome to Love About Town, the podcast where two brown nerds discuss sex, dating, and relationships in an attempt to be better. As always, you've got me, your host, Kenise Mobley, and... It's your boy, Rohan, everybody. Thanks for listening to the episode this week. We have the wonderful Greg Proops on, and we talk about going to the museum, his travels in India, and the state of art after the pandemic. So take a listen. Enjoy. Greg Proops. Because I was supposed to do a gig with Joy Owen. She still lived in Brooklyn last March. And that was the first gig that got shit canned. Ugh. Oh, no. Where was the gig? Oh, and it was in Rhode Island at this cute little theater. We'd even ordered our dinner already. That was oh. Our first. Oh, <laughs> you know, they'd already sent me the menu. We were going yeah. to or whatever. And like, <laughs> I, I love her. She is. Oh, me too. She just yeah. had her um, first Fallon showcase. And so yeah. it was really fun to celebrate that. And then she's actually working with me and my day job uh, on a project for Native Visibility. So I think I think she's the top. She's fantastic. Me too. I met her at a lady or what used to be called Lady Parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About four or five years ago in, in, um, in Mississippi, we were in um, Jackson together and then we did a bunch of other gigs and yeah, no, she's, she's ace. So I, I usually try to bring her with me or, uh, you know, I just can't, Nothing against you, Rohan, but I can't. No, please. No, no, I no. I can't have guys on the road anymore. No, and I understand. No more men, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I get it. I, I 100% get it. Kanisa's is so good, too. So, like, oh, thanks, why, would you, why would you have me? You know? Like, you got, <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good. It, no, if, I, if I have to have men, whatever. But then, yeah. Also, yeah, if you have to have men, have... you know, keep me keep me on the list. <laughs> keep, keep it with Kanisa. <laughs> right. I'll keep you in mind, Yeah, thanks, Greg. <laughs> How have you been doing? How how are you? This is like a weird adjustment period now because like, I guess we don't have to wear masks anymore. Is this a thing? Am I crazy? The it's CDC so, said it, but CDC I still wear it. masks indoors. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this question, this, this thing, <laughs> but Joe Biden posted on his Instagram that you don't necessarily need to wear masks indoors if you're fully vaccinated. And so I'm like, I, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's wild. So uh, I'm a little bit afraid. I ate indoors for the first time today. So. Did you really? I haven't done it in a year. Yeah, we were. I went to a, like a little uh, lake cabin this weekend with a bunch of friends and we were driving back and then there was this like little cute diner and we were like, let's go in because, you know, whatever. We had read all this stuff. We went and I had it indoors and like the first like 10 minutes I was freaking out. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, oh, man, like and it's and the ceilings were really low. They're kind of like up to here. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, right. And so it's like it's literally like the exact thing that they told you to avoid during. Yeah. COVID, right. Low ceilings, kind of a, not crowded, <laughs> crowded, but it's a little crowded. And then I was like, but I'm fully vaccinated. My friends are fully vaccinated the people at the servers and stuff are wearing masks too like just calm down <laughs> be fine yeah. it's gonna be okay and it ended up being fun like after like 15 minutes you sort of got i got used to it I, i'm with you though i'm flipped man like you know <laughs> yeah i ate dinner i had lunch with jennifer on her, when she got her second my wife her mm -hmm. second vaccine we went to dodger stadium as everyone does here in los angeles <laughs> yeah. and we went and sat outside and i was yeah. i hadn't eaten out with her at a restaurant in a year but we, wow. we got a table all by ourselves and it wasn't near anybody. So I was okay, like, fine. Yeah. And so I made it through that. But then I had to walk inside, of course, use the bathroom and everything. And I put my mask back on, like, you know, I haven't eaten anywhere inside it and I'm too flipped and I'm going to carry on wearing my mask. And I said to Jennifer, I'm going to be like all the Japanese people you see at the airport, man. I'm wearing yeah. my mask on the plane. I'm wearing my mask in the airport. I'm wearing my mask in the hotel lobby. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
no, all the places makes- that have like so much recycled air yeah it makes 100 yeah. percent sense it's just like breathing in other people's spit unless you are wearing a mask so yeah in the grocery Kinda. store yeah everywhere i totally understand the impulse that's literally what they've been telling us for a whole year is that indoors maskless is the most uh easiest way to get covid <laughs> and so like you can just it's it's so hard to flip that switch right away where you're going from like okay right they said it's okay now so like wait like hold on i need like an adjustment period yeah. i'm like maybe i or, or maybe i don't want to do this again like like it's fine like i'm gonna keep wearing my mask forever that's I, fine I, too. i'm with you man yeah. i think it's too much of a head whip i wish they'd waited another month but uh, and also with the variants uh, and India and Brazil, like we're yeah. connected to India and Brazil by one flight. Yeah. So right. the sure. idea that what that a whole bunch of 300 people at a time from those countries aren't just getting off here, which they are, uh, is like, um, you know, and like you said, when you tell me I can't go inside without, and and we were double masking. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, double that's right. Masking. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I can't even go in like, the, Jennifer, I didn't go any inside anywhere for maybe th- in California, they told us in January we would fucking die if we went inside. They were like, <laughs> yeah, no, right. Food. Yeah. It was bad in California. Right. And then yeah. now it's fine. We haven't, you know, we, we still have like 50 people a day die, which is way more than if there was a mass shooting that big every day, people would be losing their shit. Yeah. 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 You're right. If there was a mass shoot, I mean, we do have mass shootings every other day. Or like, <laughs> if we caught right. mass is like more than three people at one time, I think we have like every other day or every third day we have a mass shooting. Uh, but I think if, if it was 50 people a day, maybe this country would finally do something about gun control. But even yeah. then, I'm like, I'm not sure. I um, wouldn't be too sure of that. White supremacy is pretty entrenched, man. <laughs> yeah. The guns are guns are like they're, you know, that's how they live. It's their teething ring. <laughs> you know, yeah they can't live without it in their mouth all the time <laughs> yeah like the with my girlfriend it was like very similar in terms of like like we didn't go out to eat for a year like i think that the first time we went out to eat was we had both been vaccinated and we went outside like to a restaurant to eat and it was like this is our first date in a year that's like insane <laughs> That's like, like we did the op. So we started dating during the pandemic. Yeah. I was like, so, you guys, yeah. That was so your first just, date really. So the only outside. thing that we did was that I would go and visit her. Cause I have a car. So I had to take, go in my car, have my mask, drive to her. I'd stay indoors. Wouldn't do anything. <laughs> and then, so like, we just got to know each other like the opposite way. Usually it's the other way around. So we did like the reverse relationship thing where wow. you, yeah. Where you, you go, you just spend t- time in each other's house, spend like 10 days together. You do all like that kind of stuff. You build that level of intimacy. But now we're like, okay, how do we handle our relationship now that we can like integrate our friends and our family into our lives safely again? And that's going to be like a huge freaking challenge for us, I think. Wait, have you found out anything like, the way that I go to restaurants is different than the way to like my friends go to restaurants or like a friend recently was like, I was like, yes, let's go to museum. And they were like, let's go to, yeah, sure. Let's go to the museum of ice cream. And I was like, whoa, we have very different expectations. <laughs> ice cream. What are you yes. of, What the hell is the museum of ice cream? Like one of, have you guys seen these? They're like pop-ups. It's effectively for Instagram. It's like, it'll be like a, like a giant ice cream cone and you like take your picture next to a giant ice cream cone. And then like a, a like a kiddie pool filled with sprinkles wow. and shit like that. And it's like, yeah. it's cute pictures, but it is for me. Like if I say museum, I want to be like intellectually stimulated, not just like, here's a series of like 
photo booths that we all take the same photos at and then post about it. Like that. Yeah, the invention of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Ten years later, the invention of chocolate I, ice If it was cream. about that, if it was like <laughs> manufacturing, the popularity, the cultural footprint, anything about that, but it's truly just ice cream themed visual things and that's it. And it costs 25 bucks. And I'm like, right? absolutely not. No, I'm actually fascinated by the origin of ice cream. Like, is it from Persia? Is it from, I know the ancient world people ate, um, they would bring ice down from the mountaintops, absolutely. And whip it up into fruity confections with honey and shit. And I'm assuming the Persians who pioneered everything culinarily might've been, or the Chinese first to the first to the game with this one. Did it come from the Middle East Uh, in, in Los Angeles? Uh, uh, the Persian ice cream parlors are huge. You know, there's Mashtu I've never had that before. Right? And they do yeah. they do pistachio and rose water yes. and, and violet and all that. Mm-hmm. And like, so I always wondered, did they invent it? Because I know in ancient Rome, they ate like icy, you know, what we would call like a slushy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but when did it get decodified into milk or, or now, cream? Now, and did they do you... goat at the beginning? Did they do sheep ice cream? You know, like, yeah. I wish you could answer those questions, Denise. You just went to the ice cream museum and you <laughs> can't answer those museum. questions. And like, oh, also, like when it comes to like taxes, there's like, I think there may be different taxes for like ice cream, which is one thing. And then like frozen custard, which is a separate thing. So like, right? it's very strictly <laughs> codified what it is. Yeah, I would go to a museum that discussed that and like how yeah, sure, that shape, especially if there was like an ice cream parlor at the end of it. Yes, I would 100%. No, go. right. The, like, like going to visit the beer factory. The best part is at the yes. end the beer or whatever. Uh, yes. Yeah, right. I would That's think Africa might have had certainly Egypt and then, uh, but they're far away from ice, but where the mountains are in Africa, all the mountainous countries, w- of course they would have had ice cream, right? Yeah. Cattle is the main thing in Africa always. They, right. they were ne- dairy, you know, and beef is like, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, I'll let it go. <laughs> I agree. And my favorite museums in New York are um, uh, the Noya Gallery, which is a really cheesy little museum on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. And it's all German expressionist art. So it's all klimft and all of that beautiful, um, what's the one, the kiss, you know, with the, the couple. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Old. Yeah, it's, it's all the, that period of art. And it's just stunning. And what makes it great is it's small. It's like three or four stories. And one story is furniture and clocks. So like Ooh, you're shopping like that. Story. You're like, oh, yeah. I need that table. Oh, I need that clock. Cause it's all twenties and thirties and just hardwood, beautiful. Ooh. And then all the paintings are gorgeous. And um, downstairs, fucking Viennese cafe. So uh, uh, coffee in the morning, right? And then in the afternoon cakes and stuff. Oh, I love a cake. Schnitzel and potato salad and like. Oh my yeah, God, Greg. Let's you're go, like, we're going. Dude, with. So I, I've started, I also started getting into marijuana during the, during the pandemic. And so, yeah, I took it, I like take an edible every Friday, Saturday. And now you're like saying all of these things. And I'm like, take an edible, go to the Noya Museum, look at the freaking clocks for 45 minutes. I was going to say, it's a 45 home. minute to an hour. Yeah. And then go have lunch. Perfect. Yeah. And Perfect. then have lunch downstairs with like food that sounds incredible. See, that's, that's a freaking museum. That's a right. nice museum. And the gift shop, the gift shop. Oh, yes. It's, yes. It's, and you can, so if you want to go high end, there's vases mm-hmm. and whole tea sets and all that deco. And then low end, there's just postcards and tchotchkes. And, you know, so you can spend $10 at the museum, not 350 Yeah. Yeah. Or you can spend a thousand dollars and buy yourself a scarf that's based on, a, <laughs> you know, a Weimar Republic poet. 
real that's yeah. <laughs> yo, I think there are four people who would get that. that like yeah, you'd be four. wearing it around like anyone, anyone? Yeah, Does anyone right. know what this is? <laughs> four yeah. people in the world. Having a great seven. restaurant and being small are my two favorite. Like you go to you know, you go to the Louvre or whatever. You can't do it all in a day. No, no you just no, one wing and then go eat. Yeah. Like it's right. always about that with me. That's always stressing me out. Museum, then we eat. That always stresses me out of bigger museums because you're like Oh man, I, like the British Museum. I lived in London yeah, for a year British and I was Museum. like, the British Museum is huge. And yeah. I was like stressed. I was like, I only have one day to do this. <laughs> like, and like, I got to go wow. through everything. And how do I like absorb everything in one day and then like be able to talk about it afterwards? Yeah, that's so much pressure. It like, is a lot of Also food. to value like, wait, which time, which time period is more important than the other time periods? Because I don't, if I'm going to miss something, yeah, which is the most important? Mm. Yeah, I agree. And do you know that there's a name for this? No, the, the malaise that you get when you've now it's the fourth hour and you don't know what you just saw <laughs> and you've gone from one gallery to the next gallery and it's all the same now you don't care anymore yeah it's a seventh century sumerian and you're like i don't give a shit yeah right, yeah. <laughs> right exactly because yeah, all you nah. can think about is a taco or yeah, a spicy yeah. Pizza or and, uh, and and you've seen too much and you've been there too long and you haven't had coffee or food which is the two or or wine you haven't yeah, had yeah, the yeah. key ingredients into a good day and it's called Stendhal syndrome because Stendhal, the author who wrote The Charter House of Palmer and The Red and the Black and all of the novels that Oscar Wilde loved, right? So he's a romantic from before the Napoleonic mm -hmm. era. Um, he would go to museums and he said, I can't take it. You know, I'm here all day. I'm dying. I need some pasta or whatever. He, and so it's, it's named after him, the author. It's called Stendhal syndrome. And that's when you look at your friend and just go, what did we just see? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm so happy that there's a oh, word for that. that right? Yeah. It's so arcane. <laughs> yes. Is it caused by hunger? Is it a specifically a hunger thing? Well, don't you think after three hours you really deserve a candy bar? Yes, no, yes. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I was just curious. Oh, that's that's great, yeah. I always I, try to do an hour of looking around and then go to the cafe and then at least get one glass of wine, mm. maybe two, and a dessert, and then walk around for another two hours. And sometimes we'll go, like if it has multiple cafes, it'll be like, well, we didn't see the other cafe. We've got to try it too, yeah, we, different <laughs> food, so. I like, agree. Yeah. And New York's museums have superb cafes. Yeah. And including like at the Met, that beautiful restaurant. I've not eaten there, yeah. but the beautiful restaurant upstairs. Yes. Uh, I have a friend who is the PR guy or he raises money for the Met. And he, he just happened to be a fan of the podcast. And I'm so lucky to know him because he goes, um, look, we're doing this Michelangelo thing. And it was um, our uh, drawings. So it was loads of um, pencil stuff like the Cleopatra yeah. you know his you know Michelangelo's Cleopatra that's the black lady and she's got giant eyes and, the, and swoopy earrings and it's just exquisite right no yeah. I haven't seen yeah. it but I want to oh yeah no look up Michelangelo Cleopatra he doesn't do a lot of women one <clears throat> and, and uh, <laughs> not, not as interested in women's yeah. physiques oh, well, yeah. interesting I wonder why yeah. <laughs> anyway the, what the point was was because this cat worked there and is totally inside He's like, um, be there at eight, right? Or yeah. was it nine? I can't remember. I think it opens at 10 and he was like, be there at nine before yeah. the museum opens. So we right. show up and we're like, we're with Steven. Fucking we're ushered in. There's like five people maybe. And you could spend an hour looking at all these Michelangelo's. They had letters, they had drawings, they had paintings. Oh, and they'd redone wow. the Sistine Chapel with photographs, which was hilarious. Whoa. So instead of the paintings, it was <laughs> photographs of the paintings. But with guides, like, this is what this one is. This is Zeus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. 
It was, so, it was really bitching and also being there that early, like Jennifer and I stopped and got fucking espressos in New York before, like, we've got to have a cake. You know, yeah. you have to eat cake and otherwise you're going to die. You have to have the Italian breakfast, a sweet roll and coffee. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh my God. That's a, yeah, that sounds, that sounds incredible. Also, it's so funny that they created like a, a Sistine Chapel with photos because the yeah. one thing I remember from the Sistine Chapel is that you are not allowed to take photos. Of they it. said that no. so many times. Every <laughs> single time you were there, just like, no photos, no photos, no photos. And I was like, I'm taking a photo, dude. <laughs> somebody yelled at like somebody for taking a photo when I was there. They were like very against No, it. at yeah. first I was like, this is not okay. I was like, okay, fine. And I was just looking at it. I mean, I'm in, I'm like 22 at this point. And this is like 10, 12 years ago. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they kept saying, and I was like, well, I like kind of want to take one. You just keep telling me not to do it. Right? <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, Michelangelo didn't listen to anyone. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the Pope told him not to take a photo, he just said, fuck you. I'm yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm in the spirit of Michelangelo. I will be using my digital camera to capture his yeah. work. There's, there's a story that at one point, um, Julius was on his dick pretty hard about the chapel, right? Mm -hmm. And it took him so long, right? And he wasn't by himself, by the way. He had a giant crew of people and everything. Yeah. But he was meticulous. And he had, he'd sassed off to the Pope so many times that the Pope was like, you need to leave town. And he yeah. fucked off for a couple of months and went and hid in the hills and like, yeah. you know, search for marble or whatever the pretend thing he was doing. But basically it was like, Julius is going to scrub you if you don't fucking leave for a while. And, yeah. they, and they played hardball, as you know, the medieval princes was like the mafia. They didn't. Right. Yeah. You're just not there anymore. And, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> it's it. Rodrigo Borgia. It's that shit where like. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're funny today, but you're not funny because you don't have a mouth. And shit. <laughs> Damn. Wow. But, so I think he was up against that a lot. And he actually did fight in a war. Florence was forever fighting all the other city states. Mm -hmm. And Leonardo, who like ruled with, uh, 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 what was his name? The Pope's son. Uh, who And Machiavelli was in that group and all that. But Michelangelo actually was at a siege and fought and whatnot and was not unaware of how dire it could get when you're being starved out, you know, and then all of a sudden you're going back to work in Rome for the Pope. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's so uh, it's just like, I, maybe it is because I have not had like a ton, like tons of experiences, but the idea of like threatening to kill someone over doing a painting too slowly is very yeah. funny to me. That's so funny. Wow. While he was threatening to kill him, he's waging war against the French with a giant army. So, like, yeah. you know, was, <laughs> he was not only the Pope, he was like the, the you know, the gen, the chief of staff or whatever, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> like, we're also like, we're comedians. And, you know, we all, all of us write at our own pace. And we all know people yeah. who have spent years, like, not writing jokes. And it's just so funny to be like, yeah, you're not writing enough jokes. So, yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, can you imagine if someone said that? I would be yeah. like, you better oh. go back to Pisa for a month, man. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Pisa, just like, get if I don't see a new hour from you, if I don't see a new right. hour. I don't want to yeah. see you in Rome. I don't yeah, want to yeah. see you in Rome. Yeah, maybe go, yeah, go off to Pennsylvania, go out into the country, just like take care of yourself for a little bit and then come back and you know, maybe like a new hour will have formed in your yeah. head <laughs> at this time. And if we not, <laughs> there, there was a uh, a museum we uh, Jennifer and I went to years ago. If we're on the museum thing in yeah. Morocco, and it was like a folkloric museum, right? So it had the the all the pottery and the you know Morocco's exquisite ceramics and you know the blue and the pink and the white and the whole thing. Mm. And um, but what the best part was was we came out in the courtyard after, and 
because it was a folklore museum, they had folklore events there, but this wasn't an event. I mean, it was an event, but it wasn't a, an artistic event. It was literally a Berber wedding. And so they were doing it Berber style. Everyone was wearing the gear, which are those fantastic robes, you know, that are in red and blue and everything, you know, right. desert textiles are so yeah. ridiculous, you know, and they've got hats on and their hair's dyed and shit and fucking the bride and the groom are on uh, uh, beers. They're being held up by guys like this, like yeah. Yeah. right? So they're, they're sitting like this, Right, like Celine Dion at her wedding and shit. Yeah, literally are being carried, and they're singing and they're being bounced around and shit. And we watched the We Stayed for the whole thing. Wow. And and then yeah, we went to we walked down the street and there was a basketball game, like a high school Moroccan basketball game. We went and watched that for a while. We go back to the hotel and they're like, "Well, what did you do?" And we went, "Well, we went to this Berber wedding and then we went to a high school basketball game for a while." And they're like, "What?" (laughs) <laughs> you're like they're, they're like that's not on the list of things we tell people to no, do yeah. <laughs> yeah you're supposed Where to go by gold the souk or whatever yeah. yeah exactly oh man that's awesome are you so are you looking forward to doing like date date stuff with your wife now that you're like that this is all you can do this stuff again maybe well that's a good question Ron. I, to, be, to be honest i'm frightened to death yeah um, sure i'm still i haven't forgotten the insurrection i haven't yeah. forgotten last year Right. And, and by last year, I actually mean last year. Most people, when they mean last year, mean 2019, March 8th. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I actually mean last year, I haven't forgotten it. I haven't forgot what they tried to do to us. Right. Um, nobody's answered for that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't forgotten the, uh, it's the ugliest moment since the Civil War. Way uglier than even the 60s in my lifetime. This is just crazy ugly, you know? No, it's right. not way uglier than the 60s, but. To put it in perspective, I didn't expect to see it be this violent and terrible again. And for them to let a plague wipe everybody out, and especially knowing that it was going to wipe out people of color and the underclass, and them kind of digging that most of all. That yeah. was what I, we're not dealing with that. There's not been a reckoning on that. We don't talk about that every day. Instead, we're talking about how Trump voters feel in Wisconsin and shit. I'm still seeing Right, that. right, of course, yeah. You know, well, I think he didn't win the election and I think there's something going on again. <laughs> right, 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 right. Stop. Yes, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, 100%. And so that frustrates me I'm like endlessly. Thing, I'm easing into it. We're going away, uh, Jennifer and I, this week uh, to yeah. a local place that everyone in LA goes and we're going to cool out. You know. Oh yeah, nice. and I, I don't know if I can, but I'm hoping that, like years ago, we went to Hawaii for this comedy festival, which was hilariously called the first annual Maui comedy festival. <laughs> and I kept the promoter, it can't be annual unless you've had more than one. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's great. <laughs> it's very so, cocky. You're, you're like, yeah. we're definitely doing this the at first... least two, three times. We know yeah, that. exactly. They, they, right. yeah, they, they were confident. You all, yeah. you. you you do want right. a level of confidence yeah. in that. <laughs> we did it. And it, if you've ever been to Hawaii, you know that there's no pushing the pace there. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's nice. You guys live in New York yeah. and I live in Los Angeles. And when the world was the world, mm-hmm. you go you, at lunch at, in New York or Los Angeles. And in 35 minutes, 40 minutes, you've already had your whole meal. Even yes. if it's a nice place, like even yeah. a nice place, they boom, 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 bring <laughs> the food in. Let's get back to work. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And whereas when you get to the Midwest or Canada, all of a sudden it's like, where's my food and shit? And you're like, really? It's going to take 30 minutes for like a cheeseburger and shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. You're so used to it. And people and people have the audacity to talk to you and <laughs> say nice things. 
and try to make conversation, like engage you, engage you and get to know you uh, a little bit. How dare they? I'm but, here for my food. <laughs> like I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm Every busy time I go nervous. home, this is yeah. my problem. And everyone's like, Kenise, you've become so mean. But it's truly like my family, um, they get they like Starbucks and they like are all Starbucks members and they get Starbucks like every other day. And it's very funny to me because I'll, I'll go with them to pick up their orders. And in New York, a Starbucks person is like lightning fast and quick. And they can remember like a million things because they churn out like a thousand drinks at least every morning. But in the South, they're just like, Oh yeah, we'll get that for you. It's fine. And then they're like talking to you while they're like lazily, not lazily, but like slowly looking for lazily. And it just takes, and you're like, how is this? It's been five minutes. How are you not done with the journey? Like, there's not even a line here. It's like, it stresses me out how long it takes. (laughs) Well, I just get stressed out. I, because I'm, I'm from here. I'm from New Jersey. Like I grew up in the Northeast. Like I like, and I I just know this is the only thing that I know. So it's like when people try to like interact with me, I think it's very nice. And at the same time, I'm so nervous because I'm just like, you're a new person. I don't know who you are. And, uh, you know, I want you to do the thing that you're supposed to be doing, but also I want to engage with you. And like, I don't want you to get in trouble. And like, all this other <laughs> stuff. like all these thoughts are going through your head. And then you're like, anyway. and this conversation and, and they're cool with it. And I don't sound rude. And then it's just like, uh, and they, like, they don't seem to care at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, at all. Yeah, it's, but uh, you got to turn that shit down when you're in the South and in oh, places yeah, like, of course. Like, my mother's from Mississippi and, um, you know, you don't rush them, man. No. And like the whole thing, well, you know, Kenise knows like it, when you go to visit other relatives, they call it visiting. Mm-hmm. Like they don't go like, we're going to go see Aunt Gerd or whatever. They go like, we're going to go visit. Yeah. Like, and then like, that means you sit down and then she puts on the swamp cooler or whatever crappy air conditioning is on. <laughs> and then iced tea for a fucking year. Yeah. And then like, and then food starting around the afternoon area. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah into a, a battalion of food in the yeah. evening where it just like waves of it just yeah. crashing over you and then you're like t- eventually you go home but it, like I I went to see someone visit I went to visit my cousin and yeah it took five hours like we yeah. we, we were just like we're gonna stop in very quickly and see mm-hmm. these people and it was like five hours later I guess it's time yeah oh yeah in and India, everybody stands on the doorstep and goes forever okay, I'll see you and you're like <laughs> I gotta go and then you're like I'll see you and then they're like uh well if you see uncle do you gotta mm-hmm. tell him that Duane still has his uh shovel <clears throat> And you're yeah. like, I don't know, Uncle Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You just you you just politely say, I will remember to do that. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm never gonna <laughs> see the <laughs> person. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, Aunt Joyce. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, in India, it's the same way when I would go like with my family and then we would Oh, no, we really? Of course yeah. it is. It's yeah, much it's the same thing. It's just, India but, invented it. And now, now <laughs> yeah, we, we did. Yeah, we invented the big families and we invented the- And being invented, intrusive, you invented yeah. being Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, 
if you go and I don't know if it's the same in the South, but you can't deny people food. Like, so if they, Oh no, no, you can't say I'm not hungry. Yeah. You can't say I'm not hungry. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we made a lamb for you. What? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Here's, and it's so funny because like this happens every time I go to a big Indian function is that there's like, there's, there's one there's appetizers, but I don't know it's appetizers. So I think it's like the dinner. So I'm just eating and it's like so good. And it's like, great. And I'm like, oh, I am stuffed. And I was like, all right, well, we got dinner. Then we got desserts. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you told you, I wish you had told me that. I wouldn't have eaten so many damn appetizers. Dude, I don't blame you. Indian yeah. food is the bomb. So I, I, if I was given Indian homemade appetizers, I would lose my mind. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's like, they're seeing you for the, and you know, they know my parents more. They know me. So they're like- Every eight years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every like, yeah, every five or six years. And it's just like, oh, it's so good to see you by you're, you're catching up and whatever. But then you're just eating and, and talking yeah. and you just like don't realize this stuff is happening. Do and you mind if like, I ask what part of India? Because of no, 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 no. My family is from Bombay, from Maharashtra. Oh. So yeah, so Bombay and Pune, they're like two cities that like three hours. That's like New York and Boston kind of. Yeah. And so uh, we go primarily in Bombay. We stay with my family. So and that's then- the north. Uh, it's like the set. I would say that yes, it's it's north, but it's like I consider it the middle. But like, yeah, it's, oh, right. it's you're probably right. It is the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's not like north, like Punjab. It's not that right. far, but it's certainly not like like as far south as like Tamil. It's like right in the middle. But right. yeah, I, I would. I think you're right, Greg. They do. It is like more associated with like North India. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's where they're from. And we. So go, what's I the cuisine that like is? It- <clears throat> My family's not vegetarian, so it's a lot of like. Uh, shrimp curry. And oh my god, curry. that sounds good. Yes. It's really good. <laughs> it's like spicy. Homemade shrimp curry. Yeah, dude, it's fucking incredible. How spicy is it? Oh, real spicy. Oh. It's really, really spicy, and it's so good. So I'd have to <laughs> take like, like four Pepto Bismol. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, listen. If you have you ever been to India, Greg? Oh yeah, but only once for like two weeks. Oh okay. Did you get diarrhea there? Of course you did. It is impossible no, I didn't. To. You didn't? I, I didn't because we stayed at really fancy hotels and we oh, were okay. warned to not eat anything like from a you wanted those fruit stands on the street so yeah bad. yeah yeah but we were said like because uh, we have uh uh white people belly you know like if the water yeah, yeah, yeah. on the knife that they washed in the thing has yeah. a microbe in it that makes you die yeah right right yeah it, but the thing for me i like we like boil water but like they use like when we cook you cook whatever and you eat whatever so i like you just have you just accept that you will have diarrhea for two right. weeks and it's the best. It's like the best. It's like not. It's it's totally worth it. Wait, <laughs> it's Rohan. Like, it's a great Rohan. way to lose some weight and clear your yeah. skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Is that why you have such clear skin, Rohan? Um, Rohan has yeah. fantastic skin. You can't yeah. see it as well over Zoom, no, but his skin is it, like it's it's you. great. He has beautiful almond skin, and oh, I'm I'm gosh. guessing uh, curry and the uh, subsequent things that happen after. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's just to me the idea of I would suffer the diarrhea just to have these family dinners with you yeah. and get in an argument with your uncle Verinda for two hours on cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's just nice to hear. It's just like nice to talk to them and like be with them. And it's just like some completely, I, I, I'm just completely uh, unaware of or not unaware of, but like it just it never happens. And I don't know these people. And it's like nice to hear people who are your family. My mom has all these great stories. And so it's nice to see the people who like comprise the stories. So it's like, yeah, it's like, it, it, it's great. But Next time, I've only recently discovered Pepto-Bismol, how great it is. So I'm going to bring some <laughs> Pepto to the fit. <laughs> it was the one tip that Jennifer read it somewhere or something. So I bought a big box of the tablets. Yes. And before we go out every night or before we'd eat or whatever, we'd always just eat three or four of them. And like that seemed to work. Although we went to some, the we stayed at a really fancy hotel in, uh, well, Hadira, that and Bangalore, but in Bangalore. And um, mm-hmm. 
a Hyatt. And it was a place where all the tech dudes went for lunch. It was that right. kind of fancy place. Like, yeah, the South is all techie and all that. Yeah, of course. And the internet was really boss. It was like your phone just like rattled off the table. The internet was so fast. You could that's download amazing. a movie in like two seconds. What? Yeah, that's like, oh, that's yeah, a- no, Southern India is wired. And India is such a fascinating place because you have places like that. And then like where my cousins live, there's like the internet is spotty. It's like the Wi-Fi is shitty. Right. Like, right. It's just, and, and it's not like here in the U.S. where there's like, here's like an enclave of, of like rich people. And then uh, like the poor people live in other places. Like, no, here's like a big tower that a lot of people live in who are like middle-class or like upper-class. And then surrounding the towers are like a bunch of like slums and like people where people who are living underneath like, you know, like a dollar a day, like those yeah. people you see like, like, at, like that's where they live. And it's like all on top of each they, other. They have an open fire and there's 10 people there. And yeah, one, maybe one vehicle that they all pile on top of with the animals too. And it's like a mind fuck going there as a child and like as an adult and they like like you are experiencing all this stuff while simultaneously witnessing like uh like poverty like like literal you know poverty around you while you're doing things like going to a wedding or going out to eat or like doing things and you're like oh and like when you're a child you don't know how to necessarily process it so you're just like why is this happening and your mom your parents are trying their best they're just like well you know some people are wealthy and some people aren't and there are a lot of reasons for that and i'm just like i can't understand this this is this is great and also stressful and also great because i get to see my it's like there's a lot of mixed emotions going and doing it so i can imagine yeah it's really it, there's no explaining it i mean i, I wouldn't attempt yeah. it for two weeks but <laughs> it, it it was completely overwhelming did and you do comedy when you were did you do comedy when you were there yeah, I did two corporate wow, shows dude. with them that had table service with people down front and paid mm-hmm. hundreds of dollars for a table and got whiskey and vodka and ice. And Yeah, that's a big Indian thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like, we all had to do pictures after they got a VIP meet and greet. And we yeah. Were know, they good? Was it a good? Because Indian people really love to laugh, and like there is a lot of like yeah, they're fucking fabulous. Oh, they were okay, great. Yeah. That makes me happy. That makes me like that because they're just like my parents have a lot of email forwards that they share. Like when we like, there's a lot of laughing. There's a lot of like speaking Hindi and Marathi. They don't understand, and like a ton of laughing, and it's like so. It's like and they love that kind. I mean, they love to laugh, so it's good to hear that that the humor translates. Well, there it. was you know, uh, uh, whose line's been on Star TV for so long in the continent and the subcontinent. Oh yeah. It's really helped. Uh, you had to have a little bit of a. They knew who we were, man. Like you know, they knew, I, yeah, they no. knew what the jokes were and shit. Like they were like, we've seen this fucking TV show. <laughs> and then the overwhelmingness is playing in a place that has a billion and a half people, right. and knowing that several hundred million of them are familiar with your fucking show because they yeah. watch <laughs> or at the very least have seen you and be like, I and and you know, you still got like a sore thumb when you're there. So it's like oh, not very only much is it, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's not only like. I have seen you, but it's like, it's not like here where you see something, you're like, I think I know that person. Then you're like, oh, no. oh my God, that was so-and-so. And then like, they're like, that is Greg Proops. That is the guy <laughs> from Whose Line Is It Anyway? <laughs> like, oh, and I we're know. in our little suits and everything. Yeah, and yeah, sure. <laughs> what was hilarious was because it was so Indian, the rich people were all down front and uh, hilariously, we'd bring people on stage and be like, where are you, where, what's your yeah, name? Yeah, of course, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And they go, I go, where, where are you from? And they go, Sunnyvale. <laughs> so they know yeah i'm from san carlos you know and yeah, like yeah uh, uh uh then in the back there was a you know a fence and then all the poorer people so now everybody who's got their children in arms and, yeah. and all that shit's happening behind there where there's no more table service and now we're on folding chairs right yeah and uh, that part i said uh 
Jeff, I, get, I was with my friend, Jeff Davis. I go, Jeff, I'm going to uh, go back to the poor part of the audience. If you <laughs> yeah, are. Right, right, right. So that I can talk to some of the actual real people who are here. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they're very, and it's, I think oh. here we, we mask class a lot. Like we mask it. Like when we do our best to find euphemisms for it and all this other stuff. In India, they don't. <laughs> they don't do any of that. They know it's pretty much ingrained in the culture. And there is like this like weird hierarchy of things that seem very uncomfortable, but are kind of normal there. And that's one of them. And like that always freaked me the fuck out. So it's very nice to hear that you went and you're like, let me interact with people who didn't pay. And you like knew it and like, let me interact with people who didn't pay, like, you know, whatever. Uh, the hundred. Also, um, Indian standard time, is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, is Indian standard time like colored people time? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's it's like exactly like... what it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, if exactly... you go to Ireland, it's Irish people time. The yeah. show starts when the show starts. <laughs> like everybody got to get a drink. We got to get our shit together. I was busy before. I'm rolling in. I got to talk to people and shit. If it starts 45 minutes late, if it starts an hour and a half late. <laughs> yeah. Do you know honestly. who Ravi Shankar is? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, this yeah. Ravi Shankar was, of course, one of the most famous and brilliant classical uh, musicians. Sure. Who had this great pop scene in the 60s and 70s. Like everybody, because of the the Beatles and whatnot, knew the awesome yeah. and the Monterey Pop. In any case, um, he uh, apprenticed in India and he learned his craft in India. And then he spent the rest of his life playing concerts in Europe. And every once in a while, he'd go back to India. And every time he did, he'd be like, I forgot the show never fucking starts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was his thing. You play Switzerland, the show starts at 8.03, man. Right, right. 8.03, exactly. like, you know. <laughs> There's no fucking around. The guy comes out and introduces you and you go. And in India, like we were told when we got there, like, just don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's a New York. I mean, like, that's also like, I feel like that's like a New York comedy thing too. If you're doing like a bar show or like a show, that's like, you know, just like a weekly thing that you're running. It's just like, we start at eight and then you show up at eight and like, aha, that's what we tell the audience. We actually start at 8.30. And it's like, yeah, wow. I've no. <laughs> started being late to everything because people do that here. It's like, yeah, I feel do. bad. But yeah, I'm like, I'm not showing, I don't want to be just standing around like before even most of the producers of the show get there. They're still putting out chairs. I'm like, I don't need to be here. Yeah, and there, I always, there are places I, that just don't respect time. <laughs> I get fooled by that still. But I remember doing a set in LA a couple of years ago at a show and they told me like 8.15 and I showed up at fucking 8.15 and the lights weren't even down. Oh, yeah. Was like, <laughs> you know, they, I like... Can I get a drink? You know, like oh, yeah, we started in why Boston. Didn't I just show up an hour later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we started in Boston, where it's like show starts at if you're if the show starts at eight, it starts at eight between anywhere between eight and eight ten. It's like great, wonderful. Yeah. That's how it should go. I know when I'm coming. Like I got it. And like New York, you get there, you're like exactly the lights aren't up. No one's <laughs> set up any chairs. I've you're gone here. to a venue and the venue is locked at the, the time the show locked. is supposed <laughs> to be started. Right. Like That's no one has arrived to open it. The, there's no bar. There's nothing. Yeah. And I'm like. Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, so it's it's so yeah, it's wild. But yeah, the Indian Standard Time definitely exists, and it exists well, it in America is, it is too. Uh, very much like uh, CPT. Uh, yeah, uh, I. You know what though? I I I love it because okay, so like in the '90s, I was touring and I played I think Belfast or Dublin, sure. and show was supposed to start at like nine or something, and. I come down and I'm like freaking out because it's like ten of nine, and they're building a step unit, like they. <laughs> so you go into the audience like they're they're not it, the shit you know like they're, they're still building it yeah yeah <laughs> and then a guy comes backstage and he's like uh and i'm like when are we gonna fucking start and he goes 
Well, everybody's still at the pub, though. <laughs> oh, my God. So I had a freak out. So then yeah. two, I'm back like a year later. Mm-hmm. And now I've learned, right? So we're there to do the sound check before the show. Now showtime comes. I fucking smoke a joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sitting backstage. I'm like, after a half hour, 45 minutes, they're like, all right, then we're ready to go. I'm like, fine. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I do my I'm set, here. come back in have a beer, smoke a joint, like just in those days, a cigarette. Yeah. Uh, and then um, hang out and like, no, don't even ask when the show starts again. Just when <laughs> yeah. the show starts again, the show starts again. And then after 45 minutes, they're like, oh, it's grand now, everybody's back. <laughs> is it different? Is it different to it? Do you, this is, a, this is a, I'm sorry, I don't want to get too nitty gritty, but when you're doing Who's Line stuff or doing improv stuff, do you smoke a joint before? Or is it only for stand-up? Oh, not on the television show. No, no, no. But like if you're doing show. a live show. Like you're doing a live oh, yeah, show. Like, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was just wondering if it's different because you got to interact with other people on stage for the improv stuff. Oh, no. It's great. You know, oh, like, okay. I, I, I've known all these cats for so long. And, yeah, sure. Uh, Joel Murray's the new guy in the group. And he joined us in 2012. So yeah. he's on to 10 years almost, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, he's the new one. So uh, Jeff joined the group in 2000 thousand i think oh wow Ryan so, and i've worked together for you know sure. 30 years yeah 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 okay so yeah so you know each other it doesn't feel like it, oh yeah. no it's like vaudeville man yeah Honestly, yeah we're like milton berlin shit for real. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you thought old people were like before when you were little now we yeah. are those people <laughs> we have that many miles dude that's freaking great <laughs> that that makes me so happy and me it's also Thank you. so impressive because like i i've like because i started getting into pod or the pandemic and then people are asking, oh, have you ever done like a set high? And I'm like, that sounds like, that sounds insane to me. And it sounds, sounds just like, so, yeah. I also just started pot during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, before Papa I like, I was like, oh, I'm a, oh, I don't know. Kids. But now I'm like, okay, I, I know where I can get edibles and it's very like organized. Uh, but yeah, if I had to do a set, I'm like, will I remember? Because I've had several in my life, I've had several like nightmares where I shoot out of bed and I have, the nightmare is just that I've, forgotten all comedy i barely know english words but i have to do like an hour and like that terrifies me so i'm worried that my nightmare will come true if i try to perform that yeah that's a very very interesting nightmare (laughs) (laughs) the analogous one and every actor has this and because i was an actor when i was a teenager not a professional actor but i acted in school um and i quibbled at, at, you know, in those years, whether I wanted to be a comic or not, you know, I thought I might act. And I have the same nightmare and it's exactly the same. I can barely function. And the only difference is I can't find the script and I don't know the words. And so, and every actor has this, ask any actor. They'll have the exact same nightmare. They're about to go on. It's a big fucking deal. You can even hear the audience. Yes, yes. You know, like the audience is buzzing. Like, and and people are backstage and there's a thing. And like all the pressure of a big gig is there. And then you're like, I I don't know what I'm going to say. And it's mortifying. And what I found hilarious about it, I haven't had it in a while, but a couple of years ago I had it. And I always say to my wife, I've been improvising since I was 19 years old. Yeah. I would clearly make something up if this really happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for and yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd like hang. I'd, yeah. I'd try to hang. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're good at talking to other people and interacting with other people. Right? <laughs> if you forgot, it why would, would this happen. panic me now? Right. No. Uh. Yeah. It's just this, it's it's just that lingering fear that we all have. Yeah. that we are not good enough. And that's like, it just, yeah. it doesn't matter if it rears, like I haven't had, my my equivalent of that is that um, there's a class, I have a dream every so often that there's a class that I didn't attend and then I have to take a final for that class. Right. So it's like, oh, I don't know any of the information. I'm like stressing out, I'm really worried. You like yeah. wake up and like your heart's palpitating and stuff. And that's like my equivalent, but it's a basically the same thing, right? It's, like, they, oh, it's the same dream, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the same, exactly. It's the same You're completely dream. unprepared for what they've thrown at you. And <laughs> exactly. instead of dealing with it, you have a fucking heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then, yeah, exactly. I would have dealt with, like, yeah, I think the same thing. It's like, if this actually happened, I would be able to deal with it. I'd be fine with it, yeah. but I wouldn't care as much. Or, you know, like I would figure yeah. out a way to get through it. But <laughs> I, I love the idea because you'd be like, I'm not in school anymore. Yeah, I'm not in school Why, anymore. Who are you? Why do I have to take the second test? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part never occurs like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I grew up in, a, in an atmosphere where like, uh, it, it's just like, if I did go in school and everything in life would like go fine. And that's obviously not the case. <laughs> that's just like yeah. not how things work. It's not like, well, I get all A's and then boom, yeah. the, here's $200,000 a year, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like, but it, so uh, that's probably yeah. S- sadly, the world's not a, a remunerative meritocracy. No, it is not. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comes uh, the yeah. dawn. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that. That's like my recurring dream. And then yeah. uh, when and I had that feeling too when I I did my first set at doors like what we, yeah we did it together actually right can you yeah. on that show like a week ago on the No Filer show was great and then like it was just like oh I had the same thing I was just like ah do I remember any of this do I like what do I do and then like I got on stage and it was fine and I was like yeah. oh, all right I was like okay this is good I got this I remember and it's a very nice that get your sea legs back a little bit yeah yeah it was freaking good I don't I mean I've been really uh lazy like you guys are talking about comics who haven't written anything I've done shows every week and I've I've stayed on you know I've done a show every week since it all we got contained but I haven't um, sat down and wrote jokes or anything. I've had to do stand-up sets and I riffed them or I did old material and I mixed it sure. with stuff. Yeah. And like, I don't know whether to feel lazy about that or that I made it or what, you know, like uh, there's other people who've written their movie during this. And to them, I say, fuck you. Yeah, no. And I, I dude, I freaking agree because like, this is a pen. This is not just like, I took a year off. It's not like my eat, pray, love year, you know? Right. Like, it's like, yeah, this is not my, this is not my year to find, this is not the year to find Greg Proops. Okay. Like, you know, like, right. you know, yeah, this is not, oh, I've been doing this for, you know, 30 plus years. I'm, I better take some time off. It was like a traumatic event. And like, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck in a situation that you've never been in before. Uh-huh. And like the expectation to tra- to channel that, I'm just going to call it trauma, but to channel that trauma into something artistic, it seems like psychopathic to me in some way. <laughs> or the expectation to channel it into something. Not if you channel into something great, but the expectation that you have to tra- that you yeah. have to channel it, that you have to have some sort of take on it, that you have to be writing, that you should take this indoor time to do things. When meanwhile, you don't know like, you know, people, you know, 500,000 people, people have died. It's yeah. like, you know, like you don't know what your, if your friends or family are safe. You have people, yeah. like you said, Greg, who like don't follow mask mandates and who don't yeah. believe in vaccines. And like, so like you're dealing with all of this information. You have all of this political stuff happening. You have, you know, why, why write? Like, like what <laughs> you want to write about? Like, like yeah. what there, could there possibly be that you have to say <laughs> that like, 
can really uh, articulate what we're going through right now in a way that's going to make people like not just laugh, but also be like, oh, yeah, that was good. Like, I totally understand not writing. I totally understand like not being motivated to do that. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, kind of like normal. <laughs> I think it's like, it's a sick, it's not a sickness exactly, but I was talking about it at the drinks with a friend because she was describing like this very interesting experience where she went to college in Japan for a while and this and that and the other and I was like oh have you written a pilot about that and then I was like why did I ask that is it because in my head it's been drilled into me like any experience you should be mining it for content and making content all the time versus just being like that's an amazing thing that you did in your life and tell me more about that like it is a it is truly an illness. <laughs> like it feels yes. like an illness to have that as your first instinct. Yeah, it's a, it feels like a gross expectation. Yes. Uh, that's all, yeah. And so- You yeah. made me feel much better about it, Rowan. And, no, uh, thank you. Oh, Anish, you've really given me some insight into the craven part of your dark soul. <laughs> I yeah. didn't really expect you to go like full, you know, ICM agent on me or whatever. <laughs> I, I see what you're made of. I know I haven't thought of a way to monetize my anxiety. But thank you for asking. <laughs> I, yeah, right. A, I recognize that it's a problem and I'm working on it. <laughs> no, but that's honestly, the first that's... step to selling this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> selling the pandemic. There's Just put be... some lines on some paper. Let me have a look at it. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. I want to have something and I'll have some buyers in mind. <laughs> let's circle back on this Kanish. yeah, God, yeah. No. if get you her, ever Greg, say circle back to me i'll feel like i'll be like okay our, we, he hates me he said circle back no, it's over. It. we're talking to several women and uh, i want you to know you're one of them <laughs> dude yeah it's it's no greg you're, you're yeah you've done so much stuff I'm like, dude, no, you don't have to worry. You, you've worked Thank hard. You. I did feel like I was idling. A bunch of people put out specials and I was like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> so I, here's something, you know, and I, you've made me feel a lot better, but um, after World War One and the pandemic that f- was subsequent to that, uh, which was even more lethal than World War One in a lot of places. Sure. But when it, you know that you've always heard about World War One because it's been romanticized. And of course it led into the 20s, but the, the pandemic only gets brought up sporadically. And then of course now, right. Especially because 45 kept calling it the 1917 pandemic, getting it intentionally wrong when it did right. not start in 1917. Sure. Um, in any case, uh, there's a million books about World War One. There's a million movies. There's a million novels from the twenties where people talk about what happened and how they felt. And there's no books or movies about the pandemic. The whole of the silent era goes by and there is not one fucking movie where I'm burying yeah, my no, family it's... in the front yard and everyone I know dies and I've just come home from the war. Like just people just went, no. Yeah. Like, right. And there's one or two authors that wrote books about it, obviously, but by and large, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Edna Ferber and whoever you can fucking deal Who wrote the great pandemic novel? Yeah. And I just... I say on my podcast sometimes, I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. And I just want everyone who yeah. made it happen put in jail. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I exactly like, no, right. Exactly. This has just been like a horrific, traumatic experience. And we live also live in a culture where there are people who are talking about it or relating experiences to you in a way that. You can be like, well, I consume this one thing on Twitter. I consume this meme. I consume like this Facebook thing. 
that is like as deep as I want to go with it. This whole idea of like, yeah, I haven't done, I haven't gotten a haircut or I haven't done laundry. Or I haven't done like these like little things that we're all experiencing. That's been very nice, but that's like not, you know, for stand up. That's like, that's, you know, that's like a nice little thing you see on the internet and that's okay. Like I get that, but like, yeah, to fucking have your thesis statement on like what the pandemic means to you comedically. It's like, come on, man. Like that's such, that's like, yeah, yeah. Fuck off with that. <laughs> like, what am I? This is David like Foster Wallace writing yeah. comedy. Yeah, dude, for real. Like, there's, I have a sneaky suspicion there will be like these like pandemic like one person shows, and I'm not gonna be. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, there's someone know there will be. Yeah, and it's just gonna be like, come on, dude. <laughs> like this. Like this is okay. I think they tried to make like after 9-11, they tried to make movies about 9-11. Yeah. And I don't think we had like a good movie about 9-11 until like mm-hmm. 10 years after the fact. And I don't think like the best movies about 9-11 are going to come out in like 10 years from now. Right. But like, I think that, yeah, like if you're talking about it now, you're not going to, it's <laughs> wait, like talk about it in 40 years when like we've processed it and we know what it means and the extent yeah. and we see the fallout <clears throat> and like maybe some people go to jail or more like, Likely nobody went to jail and we talk about that, but some like just give it some time. I don't think when we get to the Hogan's heroes level of humor that we can (laughs) apply as as Hogan's heroes did to being incarcerated (laughs) by the Germans during the war. (laughs) Yeah. We can bring that That level. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just married Auntie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh, I, I was going to say something about the art. <laughs> I was going to be, oh yeah. Also, yeah, let's be Hold clear. It. <laughs> the pandemic's also not over for the majority of the world. Yeah. No, that's the thing, baby. I'm yeah. not, we're not closing the book on this yet. No. We've got another two years least before we can even think about a reset where it's the way everybody says normal and I hate that. Right. Mm-hmm. Normal, normal wasn't sucks. that great. Man. Yeah, normal yeah. sucks, right. Yeah. Totally. Normal was murder and famine and shit that we all look the other way on because we could jump around. Right. Yeah. And so like, it's totally, it is totally like not over and still ongoing and horrific for so many parts of the world. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, I, I just don't think that it's even appropriate time to talk about some of that stuff like in mm-hmm. depth or make jokes and shit. Yeah. So no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> fucking fuck off if you wrote your novel. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Truly <laughs> fuck off. Also, uh, live. Just live. Everybody live always goes Shakespeare, life. right? Shakespeare yeah. wrote King Lear during I, the plague. And you're oh, like, up. Everyone was saying that the first month, and I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I was I was recovering from surgery at the beginning of this, and I was just like, it made me so mad to see that every day, like people being like, yeah, hustle culture. And I'm like, I now, 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 now. We, yeah. People deserve a break. Don't. Yeah, they do hustle yeah. culture this and right also yeah. it's like hustle culture for comedians came was so bad like like we were doing so many sh- we do like not all of us but some of us were doing just so much shit and like just doing shows all the time that we didn't have like time to live a life that was like worth talking about and then the pandemic gave us like this opportunity to take back and like be like okay well what do i do now that i don't have this thing that i've been doing blindly for you know whatever however much time like maybe I should figure that out before I do anything like writing. <laughs> like maybe I should figure out who I am and figure yeah. out like uh, what I do with this time off and what, what I what are my priorities actually are as opposed to let me dive into some more work, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, this has been like therapy tonight, man. <laughs> yeah. You made more sense to me, Ron. Yeah. And I'm happy during the whole because I've thought through these things and I've thought through these things and I think you're and that's what I keep coming back to is like. I'm disappointed in myself for a million different things, but I'm also like, there's been 
like I'm we're we're going as I said we're going to take a trip and yeah. I, I'm I've already started packing and it's like three days you know and yeah mean, that's how flipped I am sure. and so I feel like I have to think about do I really want to do this in comedy when we all come back do I really yeah listen am, am I you know what this was the big stop you know right. and like you said my go-to for 30 plus years has been dive into work always yeah. into work because that's where we find our identity and we build the shield that keeps everybody from yeah us. and when you don't have that anymore you feel mm -hmm. vulnerable and you don't have the power of having a mic in your hand and killing and playing and then you go out and you have a beer and blah 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 none of that's happening so yeah 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 <laughs> no for sure and the like, invulnerability of being a stand-up has been washed away in this yeah exactly exactly the thing because it's so funny because it's that vulnerability that kind of got you into it in the first place yeah. is that you felt this hole in your heart or your hole in whatever you felt <laughs> inadequate for whatever reason you did. Uh, spoiler alert, probably your parents. And then like, that's the, that was at least for me. And then like, <laughs> and then surely not. Yeah, truly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do it. And then you, you find this thing that you love and you're so passionate about and you're so into, and you can't stop talking about and all your friends are comedians. And then like, you just like get sucked into the life of grind, 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 grind you kind of forget about like that vulnerability that got you into it in the first place. And it becomes more about like, what am I doing to just maintain the life that I'm living as opposed to like, what is life I actually want to live? And that's yeah. like fucking, that's hard. That's, that's hard for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for everybody. Um, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, I've been interested in seeing how uh, we won't go into any, uh, cause there's no point talking about it, but uh, a lot of the real successful comedians I feel came unhinged during this. Oh my God. Yes. And, um, <laughs> there was a lot of really poor behavior and awful decisions. And I've been astonished by that, but I guess yep. you shouldn't be because we're all just people. And uh, no, they hate it when people say comedians are one way or another, because it's like saying baseball players are one way or physicians are one, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Whole, you know, like, Oh, comics take drugs. Um, honey, have you been to America? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're on the mild end. I mean, there's yeah. truckers above us, you know. Oh right? yes, yes. You know, right. We're, yeah. We're, we show up every night, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Won't get into specifics, but like the the this pandemic has really like shattered certain like comedy institutions of mine that I thought were like, mm. good and like yeah, I thought were like oh these are places these are people who like really get it and then they really mm. showed their whole ass during the pandemic. And now it's like, okay, good. I'm starting up again. And I don't have to venerate those particular institutions. I don't have to treat them with like this, like giant respect, quote unquote, that I need to treat them with. I can just do comedy on my own terms. And then if I do it, that's like the best way to go about it. I don't, I feel like that, that like lifted from me. Now I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, it's, yeah. it's, a, like, it's nice. a savage reassessment, man. It needed yeah. to happen. And, uh, uh, and I know exactly all the institutions you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They needed, they needed to literally be, have their pyramid toppled because yeah. they weren't, they weren't promoting the right people. They're being, uh, uh poison in cultures, mm -hmm. uh, just like show business that they purported yes. to, they, that they feigned to thumb their nose at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When the truth is all of us who are, uh, small business people, which is all of us, uh, we only have our thing to sell. And uh, that's the vital thing. I thought podcasting did it for comics and uh, the internet. Yeah. And, uh, those things enabled us to, uh, as one uh, agent once said to me, free ourselves from the uh, 
that we we were the means of production. We didn't right. need other middleman anymore. Yeah, yeah, and hell yeah. I don't know if you noticed what happened to all the agencies and management groups during this, but like, wow, right? This just yeah. turned into uh, yeah. An Eskimo funeral, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, funeral, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, everything is being a, shaken up. Yeah. The ice yeah. broke up and everybody just went like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty weird because it only took that long. And which gave you an idea of like what we were holding together. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. It's what like was it we were holding together? Right. Yeah. It literally took six months for the whole of everything to come to pieces. Yeah. And everybody leaves the place that you've had them at for a hundred years. Yeah. And, and then starts their new thing. Because everyone's had to reassess their thing. And that includes all the people in show business down. Yeah. People who work at the fucking theater. Everyone's had to reassess like, okay, if we're not going to play 300 days a year, what are we going to do? right <laughs> yeah what are we gonna fucking so do what is yeah the, what is the value that we provide and what some can people, we still yeah. do yeah some people genuinely took that to heart and try to figure it out and other people are like how about if we just don't tell anybody that we're doing this and we do it anyway <laughs> like you know that kind of thing yeah. and it's like oh my god or we play on people's perceptions or you know whatever we make this into a political thing instead of like a public mm. health thing and it's like oh my god fuck off <laughs> <laughs> like truly fuck off um I feel like that's the other part that gives me, uh, well, I don't know if trepidation is the right word. How do, how do I deal with the terrain? Like not now, but in five months when we're probably going to be back playing a lot more everywhere. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so what's show business now? Is it me? And I'm just representing myself. Is it <laughs> right? Do we have 17 layers of everything still? Do we go back to that? What about the sexism? What about the racism? All that got addressed. It was a big national thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're going to make a black woman vice president, you can't shit on everybody who comes in the office anymore. Yeah. It's not right. simple. You know, it's that fucking. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Right. And, and everything that's gone down with all the magnates and, and tyrants who've been exposed and everything like. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What about when I get to go visit you at the office again? What's it going to be like? Right. Where is there going to be an office? Yeah. Right. Exactly. All my friends exactly. work from home and their companies are like, well, you're going to do this for a while and we don't want to pay high rents anymore. And now like my sister's company is like completely shifted the way they think about offices. So like, uh. yeah. And what about all the expensive office space? that Manhattan has been turned into over the last 15, 20 years where they yeah. just gutted everything and turned it into high priced, you know, Google type affairs. You know, like yeah. you go to that building and it's a whole building that's just a cafeteria. And a fucking I know it's, and a, yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. That, and like it was driving people out of their homes and now that now it's like, okay, now they're empty. Like, what the fuck do we do with all of this? And yeah, how like, do we turn WeWorks into housing? Right. And like, how is it? Yeah. Where's the opportunity for this to like be a good thing? Like this yeah. is an opportunity for it to be a good thing. How do we do that? Like, that's like the thing that I'm excited. It's exciting. And it's also like terrifying because we could actually go back to the same thing and nobody, you know, the cost of all this was like 500,000 people's lives, you know, people having long-term effects from COVID. Like, I don't want it to take that to have this kind of stop again, you know, like yeah. that's like a too high of a price. So like, this is like a big opportunity that we might not get in our lifetime again. We got to fucking do something about it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Like all those elements, because uh, it was, it, it was in fact a mini civil war within a giant plague. 
because the, the Civil War really did happen. At the culmination of four years of Nazi policy came the Nazi try to take over. And they they didn't just beer hall put it. They'd already done that in 2016. They tried the fucking Night of the Long Knives and shit. Like, we're wiping out all our enemies and we're, you can call me tomorrow. I'll be right here, you know? And that was yeah. what they were trying to do. And like, we had to face all of that on the long summer of George Floyd and all of the murders that happened. Right. Uh, it was it was an astonishing. I can't think of since the early seventies. I mean, obviously Rodney King, but it happens over and over. When I was really when I was little in the late sixties, the, the country was on fire for several years, mm -hmm. and it was one city after the next: Newark and Detroit and Chicago and Oakland. Right. And, you know, and that's what it reminded me of most of all because it didn't let up. Like what happened in May kept happening in June, July, August. And yeah. The then they tried yeah. to crack out the irregular federal troops and shit. They sent that enterprise car army to Portland and shit and, and wow. tried the freakiness there. Yeah. Um, in an all white town. That was the yeah. weird part, right? Like they tried to make the Antifa thing happen, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've had to deal with the complete, re you know, and taking women out of the workforce. This, this just effectively, booted women out of the workforce for a year it's, it was yeah that part's gonna have to be really dealt with yeah yeah i look forward to that like that's both in like the people valuing the types of jobs that this really showed the value of so like in-home care child care uh like teaching like all of these things mm. like every parent i know like even like people who are very rational and reasonable about the pandemic was like get my fucking kids out of my fucking house like i need yeah. like <laughs> me right. time i can't yeah. like i i don't want these kids to get covid but i can't have them in my house all the time like, yeah. like when are we going to start valuing these people and like uh, mostly women like it we don't I think part of the reason we don't value it is because it is work we see as women's work and therefore yeah don't pay these people ever <laughs> no keep ever. cutting their money yeah yeah that's definitely it's 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 women it's like people of color it's people who like uh we are even trying to ostracize from society anyway let's and that's why we won't increase the minimum wage by you know whatever and like people are like okay well they're not coming back to work because they're taking unemployment insurance. And it's like, hey, maybe you should take a look and see why they're taking unemployment insurance instead of coming back to work. Maybe you're Don't you love that argument this week? It's oh, pretty yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. That a bunch of states, like this whole mask thing, everything has to do with like, they literally thought that people who were on unemployment were living a little too fucking high on the hog. And that's why they were refusing to go back to their shitty unmasked. <laughs> yeah, you motherfuckers. Lethal disease. Yeah. For no money. Yeah. 100%. And it's treated like, like shit by fucking people who come in who are all Karens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Imagine, like, I now, you know, so there's so many more people vaccine, like 60% of adults have had at least one dose. So it's like, okay, like, it makes sense, like, to be less afraid to go to work now a little bit. But in January, imagine going back to work in fucking January in the South where things were kind of pretty much open, right? Like, yeah. that's insane. Where people I'll are going to fight point. you, truly fight you if you yeah. tell them to wear a mask. Like, I <clears> saw right. enough of those videos right where I was yeah. like, what the hell? There yeah. were states that were literally open through the whole thing. You know, oh, yeah. Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, they just, and South Dakota, they just didn't. They're like, no, we're not doing it. Yeah. And luckily people, like, there there are some people, there are a lot of good people out there, of course, and they, like, put oh, their mask everywhere. on regardless. Yeah, everywhere, right? Like, I went, like, the, like, out this week, even weekend, going, like, to rural Pennsylvania, everyone was wearing a mask. Like, there was, like, no people who were, like, were not wearing a mask. But, like, 
But like, you know, when you go down south, there are there enough people who are not wearing masks to make it ineffective at some point, right? Yeah. So it just fucking, when that expectation is there, it just fucking sucks. And I hope that like after this, we can like figure, everyone can figure out a lane where they are successful and also like happy and also like doing it on their own terms. And uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe what, you know, I think the push is there. Um, obviously there's going to be huge crushing disappointments and that's of course, inevitable. yeah. So, but I think that what happened by electing Biden and Harris, um, speaks so much to the true heart of how more people feel Yeah, they really wanted the intelligent, rational, and you've seen how they've acted. They don't go on Twitter. They don't t- t- tell people to shut up or oh. anything like that. Right. The abuse that we were locked into, that Stockholm syndrome thing. Sure. I, I, uh, you hit yourself. You hurt yourself. Why do you hurt yourself? You know that. <laughs> yeah, Everyone yeah. That. And the press is obsessed with it and they love it. They bathe in it because it sold so much for them. Right, of course. Everybody wrote a book about how much he was an asshole, but no yeah, one yeah. anything. You know? Yeah. Right, the Trump industry. Always the after they left, but they were there. But they after they oh, left, they were like, what do you write about? I was happy to put the babies in the cages, but I was revolted by it. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, so I think we're, you know, that's the big reckoning I think now is um, to maybe get to a little more. And I think they will. Yeah, like I say, what, I'm, what makes me feel good is a, a whole. Uh, we don't ever change fast. Uh, it took three hundred and ten years or whatever in a civil war to even consider stopping slavery. Right. Yeah. You know, like no one really like thought about like stopping. <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. we should. You know, the nice people yeah. would go like we should. Right. We should. I mean, I'm not going like yeah. Until yeah. it was like a war. Yeah, they were like oh, yeah. I guess yeah, we really yeah, we're really for this. We're really for this. Till, till we might not win this unless we do this. Yeah. Right. If we we need to do this because there's a chance that we lose and then we <laughs> might get lumped in with them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. uh, but and having said that, now here we are and we have a sexy uh, cabinet and um, uh, Marlon is running the Justice Department like the Justice Department should be run and is uh, uh, yeah. going to chase down the bad guys, man. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that would oh. be that would be very nice. I hope so. That is a I mean, positive... not all of them are going to go to jail. No, and they won't be <laughs> but like, sure. you know, it, this isn't Bill Barr. We're right. gonna, you know, right? Like he's mad about the white supremacy. Who's mad? Oh, at yeah. it. Right. There's something to potentially build off of for sure. Yeah, um, that is a positive note. I we did not want to keep you for much more than yeah. an hour. Right, Thank you so much it. for giving your time. Yes, um, but how we normally end this is with final thoughts. Um, so, what are some things that you want to reiterate to the listeners? Things that you just uh, want listeners to know about you? Oh, well, uh, I think that um, whenever you feel like uh, overwhelmed, I, of course, drink myself into submission. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think about all the people who've worked uh, harder than me. Of course, it makes me feel guilty, but it's also what gets you going in the day. Um, If I think about uh, Kamala Harris or uh, uh, Mayorkas or Barbara Lee or uh, uh, Deb Holland, how hard they work to just get to where they are right there in this government, just to be in the here and now and talk about people who actually have posts that matter in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it, it has to make you feel groovy that 
it can happen and it is still happening and that you need to refocus on what can happen as opposed to like, oh shit, this didn't happen. Uh, if that sounds simplistic, it is because of course I'm bathed in privilege. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, having said that, uh, it's what gets me going. Let me put it that way. You said to know something about myself. For other people, it's whatever it takes. As, as Sinatra once said, whether it's prayer or drink or whatever it is, uh, faith, uh, uh, what, what is it? Whatever gets you through four in the morning is- Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you gotta uh, do. We also have added existential dread to uh, the mix of our mm -hmm. usual doubt about everything because as uh, Ronan, as you both have said, mm -hmm. it's not over and it's yeah. not gonna be over for a while. Uh, we were in a dire state five months ago and we're in a much better state now, but other places are in the state we were in five months ago times the second wave. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wouldn't make any plans to like float around the world in a balloon or anything, but I also <laughs> would. <laughs> yeah. We could, we probably, and knowing just getting the tone of our discussion tonight, we could probably all ease up a little on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. sure. Well, sure. yeah. Be kind, yeah, that's that's my takeaway is to be kind to yourself. Truly be kind to yourself. And like we are integrating into like this post-pandemic life and we can do things indoors now. We can like, we can do this. And if you're not safe, if you're not feeling safe, don't rush it. If you feel like you still gotta wear a mask, wear a freaking mask. It's all, it's all good, man. Like, <laughs> like do what you have to do to make yourself feel safe. And like, don't beat yourself up if you're like, this 10 person gathering is making me stressed out or this show I'm going to do is stressing me out. Or like, I haven't written in a year. Or I haven't done this or that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's totally fine because that's a rational reaction to a global pandemic. So yeah, be kind to yourself. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I guess mine is kind of seconding both of that hope with work. So like things are getting better. We should all have hope. Work still needs to be done, but not yeah. having hope I think is an insult to the work that has been done and I see so many people like I follow some pretty negative people on Twitter but it's just like everything still sucks and uh, but like that that really does feel like it is minimizing the work and like how you're mm -hmm. talking about how like how much Kamala and like all of those people did just to get where they are like a lot of work has been done and people are working really really hard uh yeah. so yeah let's acknowledge that work well oh. mm -hmm. I agree yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the podcast. This has been yeah. Out we got to do plugs. Oh yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg where can people yourself. find no, you on the internet? Podcast <laughs> yourself. Out, uh, every week. Uh, Jennifer and I usually do it. I think there's one with me coming out probably tonight or tomorrow that I did last night. It's uh, the smartest man in the world. It's gregcruz.com. I'm also on Cameo and Patreon and all that jazz. I don't have any live shows coming up. I, I I'm taking a little break. I think for a Heck minute. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to be a Buddhist monk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, I'm also the same. I got nothing coming up, but I got Rohan Pade Cool Guy on Instagram. Uh, I am Rohan Cool Guy on Twitter. And uh, yeah, this stuff, follow the podcast and rate and review uh, the pod and uh, maybe email us and tell us what you like about it. Or yeah, tell us what you like about it. Don't tell yeah, us don't what, tell you, us what you don't like about it. We yeah, don't, don't care. Us what you we're don't not going to listen to don't, you. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't say anything mean to us. Yeah. Truly. You think that we're not insecure people? We know what our our faults are, okay? We're working on them. Yeah, yeah. Don't freaking tell us them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, can, notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on all of the socials at Kenise Mobley uh, 
even Venmo, hell yeah. If you are in the DC area, I will be headlining the DC Comedy Loft on August 18th. So check that out or tell your friends to check it out or just buy a ticket and then don't go. I don't care as long as the tickets <laughs> sell. That's fine. Uh, this has been Love About Town. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Thanks Greg, for doing it.